Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. What's up, Pels fans? Welcome to the Bird Rights Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Now, Bird Rights is a child of the SB Nation, pro-quality from a fan's perspective. Now, today we are ecstatic to be talking with New Orleans Pelicans assistant and Summer League head coach Jamel McMillan. So, you guys, let's phone a friend. Now we are thrilled to welcome onto the pod Summer League head coach and assistant player development coach Jamel McMillan of the New Orleans Pelicans. What's up, Jamel? Not too much. How are you doing? I'm so good. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you once again for taking the time. And uh, let's dive right in. Tell us about Las Vegas. I was just speaking with you off the air a moment ago about the heat. Would you put it on? Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. On par with the heat in New Orleans, or is it even more unbearable? It's it's brutal, you know, especially because you walk around a lot out there and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, it's different in the sense that it's dry heat, so there's not as many bugs out there as, as there are out in New Orleans. But um, that sun beaming down on you, it's pretty hot. So it was a, it was a brutal week and a half, but uh, luckily we spent a lot of the time in the gym, so. I know you guys must have been working really hard. Probably didn't get a whole lot of time to go out and experience the the heat at any rate. Uh, tell us about some of the better parts of Las Vegas. Did you get a break at any point, and did you go and see the Backstreet Boys? <laughs> uh, in years past, I've checked out a lot of the shows. Um, Vegas is a a place I've experimented a lot with, but this year for me, a very different experience being in the head seat. Um, I literally slept maybe two and a half, three hours a night for really the last month, but especially out there and mind is always turning and stuff. So I, I really didn't do anything myself. I'm sure some of the other guys got after it a little bit, but uh, me, myself, I was a pretty boring, pretty boring guy out there this year. 
No, you're much more interesting than that. You're selling yourself short. Now let's let's talk about summer league. This year you got the opportunity to to lead the group, uh, but it's it's not just about coaching, as you were just saying. Some of the younger guys, you know, they're they're still discovering who they are as men, much less as basketball players. And these are these are young, moldable guys who look to you not just as a teacher, but but also probably as a mentor. How do you prepare for this role? knowing that not only are you going to have full coaching responsibilities, but you also have the responsibility to teach many of these men how to become professional basketball players. Yeah, it's a lot. It it really was um, when I was preparing for the entire um, deal before the guys got into town. uh, The main thing I wanted to preach to them is, you know, this whole thing is about creating opportunities and how you do that. Um, you know, just helping them understand what we look for just from our organizational standpoint and then what the eyes in the gym were going to look for uh, when they got out on the floor and how they were handling themselves in the hotels and conducting themselves and that sort of thing. But uh, the main thing was, you know, first and foremost, we have an opportunity here where we're trying to fill some spots um, with our roster and, you know, look no further than our roster for, themselves to become part of what we're trying to do here and uh, moving forward into the future. And, you know, I think a lot of those guys, they had played overseas and, you know, they kind of understood it. But for the most part, I think it was a really eye-opening experience for a couple of those guys, you know, like a Peter Jock or a Jordan Matthews type guy just coming out of college um, and trying to really just dive right in in a two-week period and Um, the brutal schedule. I mean, we went twice and didn't have a day off for what, eight days or something like that. After three of those days, we went twice and then three games in four days when we were there. And, you know, there were so many things that I thought about before I addressed the team at the beginning. And as we went through this deal, um, things just came up really on a daily basis and uh, friendly reminders for those guys. So, really a growth um, experience for me and being able to understand how to cover all those bases without throwing too much out there at those guys. And I think they did a phenomenal job. Like they, they made my job so much easier and all the worrying and stress I had. Um, it was a great, great group to work with. They bought into everything. So really pleased with what they were able to do. It sounds like it went both ways. Uh, you got a lot of rave reviews for your performance there, rightfully so. You mentioned seizing the opportunity and you're not much older than a lot of these guys at 28 you're uh i think jordan crawford was out there visiting you guys are around the same age uh seizing the opportunity wasn't that long ago for you before monty added you to the staff in 2012 you were just hanging with your dad as an intern at team usa i think with your uh former roommate james harden probably and i remember hearing you had an opportunity to join microsoft at the time and you weren't even interesting in in coaching i got all this from Kumar's podcast uh, a few months ago, but you you marveled at how hard your dad worked and how he never brought it home with him. If anything, you wanted to be on the management side of things. Now, five years later, you're the Pelican Summer League head coach. You're you're being praised for your enthusiasm, your skill, the respect that you're drawing from these guys, and your insightful post game interviews. How did how did this happen? How did you end up here? Yeah, it's really a weird deal. You know, I uh, I had no interest in playing after school. Um, back at Arizona State, just really injury prone, didn't take care of myself, just shoot up on meds and keep going, you know. And so wasn't into the whole overseas deal. 
um, wasn't going to try the like D league and all that kind of stuff. And really, um, had a, com- a long conversation with my coach at the time, Herb Suzek. And I got offered a job in at Drake university right out of school uh, the day after I graduated. He actually was not happy with me taking the job. He was, you know, even though the head coach there was his former assistant, um, former assistant coach who helped recruit me to Arizona state. And he told me then he was like, I thought you were smarter than that. I thought I taught you better than to get into this. And I never knew what he meant. I had no idea what he was talking about. I'm like, coach, I have a job right out, out of school. What are you talking about? So I left, went to Des Moines, Iowa for a year, um, ended up helping out with the Olympic team that summer, that year. And, I was going to gone to previous Olympics to Beijing. And so just decided to do something. It was something to do in the summertime. And I was out there playing and in drills and all that kind of stuff. And then the phone call came two weeks after we got back from London. And um, I had a long, week-long family conversation with my dad. And he said, you know what? You're in, you know, like if you can get in, you're in. So go. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, like, I I don't know. I really, you know, I second guessed it, third guessed it, fourth guessed it. And I ended up accepting on September 6th of that year. And so when I got here, uh, Monty obviously had a relationship with him my dad in Portland and everything. And so I got here. He didn't really give me many instructions. He just literally threw me in the fire. He just said, go, go get in the way. And so I really had no responsibilities when I first got here. I was just kind of in the gym and hanging out. And then, you know, one coach would grab me and I'd play defense. And then another coach would grab me and I'd work on ball handling with whoever. And you know, fortunately, I worked with a lot of really good people. That's the main thing. Um, that staff back then, two of the guys are still here, and Kevin Hansen, who works directly beside me, and Fred Vincent is still here as well. They really helped me, you know, understand what this thing was about. The players at the time, it was a young team, so we had a lot of fun together. Uh playing one-on-one and, you know, talking smack and telling college stories and we played each other and that sort of deal and AAU stories. And so I wouldn't trade it for anything. Now that I'm in it, it's like everything that I would hope it would be. It's a lot of stuff that I didn't think it was. Um, And being here in this community, it's definitely helped me um, embrace the role that I've been in, I'm just the people that have been around and everything. So here I am, uh, about five, six years later, um, and it still continues to treat me well. This organization still continues to help me grow and, and give me up. And this community has definitely rallied behind me a little bit uh, from the interactions that I've had. Um, it's been nothing but supportive. So, you know, so far, this has been an unbelievable ride that uh, I'm really fortunate that I kind of just dove in and, you know, it's weird how that works. You know, it's, it's just, you realize what your passion really is when you're doing things that you just 
absolutely love doing. So here I am and uh, really, really fortunate and uh, blessed to be a part of this thing. Wow, it's so wonderful to get your perspective. We we think of, you know, being in the NBA is such a blessing. You get to watch this every day. You get to see these guys every day, the best in the world go at it, but it's also such a commitment and you were you were so lucky to have people like like your dad, Monty Williams, like you said these wonderful people in your life who kind of shepherded you onto the path of of being a great young coach. And and now that's that's your job. That's your job is to teach these young guys, the guys you mentioned, Jordan Matthews, Peter Jock, Check Diallo, Quinn Cook, some of the better known guys. It's your job to teach them to love the game the way that you do, to study, to make it a lifestyle. Uh, how do you go about, what are those conversations like with your guys when when you mention some of the brutal stretches of, of three games in four days? How do you keep these guys in, involved and engaged on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, that's uh, that's really the biggest adjustment period that I've, I've noticed from young guys coming in draft picks coming in 10 day guys coming in and that sort of thing is, you know, because of their situation of being young and being, they don't have that many expectations. Like even the top draft picks, I mean, buddy was a top draft pick, uh, buddy wanted a lot really fast. He wanted things to work right away. You know, this first day here, he was talking about rookie of the year and had no idea what it took to get there. And so, um, you know, really just trying to get these guys to understand how their role and how they can add value on a daily basis when it's not necessarily putting the ball in the hole and doing the right things on a day-to-day basis, being a professional about their business and going through the ranks, taking care of themselves, the recovery process, all the little annoying um, stretching exercises that you have to do because playing 30 games, you do that in what, like two months, three months at this level. And that's your entire season when you're a young guy, you know? And so they don't, buddy was, I keep going back to him because he's the most recent example. Didn't really understand that part of it. And then by January, they're dead. You know, they hit a wall and stuff. And how do you keep mentally, your mindset to where you have the the right approach every single day and, you know, understanding where you are in your career, where you are in the sport, where you are in adding your value or having that translate um, to success within the framework of what the team is trying to accomplish. And so, you know, for him, he finally kind of figured it out. He wasn't in the gym nine hours a day. It translated to about six hours six hours instead um and he went on and fortunately unfortunately for for you know i guess my personal uh relationship you know the organization had to do what it felt it needed to do he moved on to the sacramento kings and ended up first team all rookie so you know he he ended up getting to a place where i think he wanted to be he reached a goal that he wanted to reach and then there's the situation of like a 10-day guy, kind of like a Quinn Cook type who comes in and you have 10 days to kind of gain some sort of trust, you know. And so you, his approach is slightly different. It's, you know, coming in in the morning, uh, the way he interacts with his teammates, the way he interacts with the equipment uh, staff, the way he interacts with the trainers, and those those are the type important for him and Quinn's like one of the best dudes on earth so 
you know, he understands that, but some guys don't. They're a little bit of maintenance when they come in here. And, you know, they wear on people within a 10-day period. And then they're so focused on whatever, whatever, a style of things that, you know, they happen to be thrown in a game and they're nowhere near prepared for the opportunity that's right there in front of them. So I think Quinn's a good example of a guy who, Really, we threw into a couple of games, and he really controlled the tempo of the game. He he was assertive in what he was doing. He showed up every day and did what he was supposed to do and continues to do that. And so here we are with him after a great summer league performance going into the season with his teammates trusting him as well as the coaching staff in the front office. So, you know, those are the type of things that we hope to um, – or that I hope to or try to get these guys to understand. Um, it's just about showing up. It really is. Show up every single day. You're not allowed to have bad days as a young guy. Just can't happen. I can't have them. The only guys for me that I believe should have bad days are Alvin and Bell Dems. Yeah. Those are the guys that are have to go in the media and answer questions. Those are the guys who have to ultimately make the decisions at the end of the day decisions they are the only guys who are allowed to have bad days and so um if we can get them to understand that the young guys coming in here then you know some of them will have opportunities here some of them will move on and go elsewhere and have opportunities but as long as they're somewhere in the league with the logo um you know we hope and wish them all the best and the most successful yeah, it's got to be a, a tall task. The season seemingly just keeps get getting longer for these young guys. Now you've got, you know, NBA athletes actively recruiting in free agency. You've got trades going back and forth. Uh, the trade season and the free agency season is, in a lot of ways, just as important as the regular season in the playoffs nowadays in today's NBA with Twitter and social media. So it must be very hard uh, for those guys to, to unwind and kind of fade back into the background and relax. And and I want to talk about that later, but I want to get back to, to Summer League. Uh, you yourself mentioned that it was always going to be about Czech Diallo, and not only did he exceed most people's expectations, but like you just mentioned, uh, Quinn Cook had a fantastic week as, as well. At this point, these guys have locked up roster spots, it appears to me, and uh, probably closed the door to, to the D-League, at least for the foreseeable future. You've you've really tapped into something with these guys, and they've they've really actively responded. How much will you continue working with them individually before the regular season? And is it is it hard passing off these guys? Is it hard letting go of them for a few months, knowing that you've established so much growth in the past few weeks? Uh, yeah, Quinn's a guy I'll see probably next <laughs> next week, um, and he already hit me up about it, and you know. Me having been a player that had to do summer school and summer workouts and stuff like that, you know, I kind of, I understand uh, how guys feel in the summertime, what they want to work on, what they don't, uh, the amount of time that they would like to and the amount of time they're doing it just because they feel like they have to. And I never want to be a guy that makes a guy do something and they feel like they have to show up. Like, if they want to show up, then I'm doing my job. So if he's actively seeking me out, then thankfully I'm doing something right, you know, and so I'll put in even more time 
trying to prepare for those types of workouts and that sort of deal. Um, Check, I think, will be in L.A. with Kevin Hansen, who I mentioned earlier. But Kevin's done a phenomenal job. I mean, that guy every single day has been with Check since Check walked in this building. I think Check has taken like two weeks off, (laughs) it seems like, since he got here. And now it's to go back home to Africa and Mali. But, um, you know, those two guys did a phenomenal job this past summer league. I'm really proud of both of them. You know, we kind of gave Check the team as far as just seeing if, you know, he was the one we needed to see if he could do a variety of different things. Uh, rebounding in traffic was a big one. Uh, running the floor up and down, that was a big one. Uh, if he could guard multiple positions, if he could guard some of the smaller guards, if we're a switching type situation, if, you know, he was able to keep those guys in front with a late contest. You know, th- there are different, a lot of different aspects of his game that we wanted to take a look at, we were able to take a look at, and if he could play long stretches of minutes, I mean, check, played in back-to-back games, 33 minutes or so um, in those back-to-back games, and he just he just keeps going, you know. So we were able to really get a good feel for what his game, how it can translate up at this level, if it could translate up at this level um, for us, and where how we'd be able to use him in different, you know, select scenarios. Um, Clint was another guy that growth wise, this was a huge summer league, um, for him, you know, we, we, in our games, we were right there down to the last possession or so. And the thing was, we were maybe total four or five possessions from being four and one in summer league. That's all it took was four or five possessions combined in all of the games. And really those came down in the last three, four minutes of each game. Those are situations that Quinn has not been in that he was, you know, forced to be in and he was playing against roster players and rotational roster players on teams who have been in those situations. You know, Bryn Forbes is a guy that played in the playoffs. Torian Prince is a guy that is a rotation player for Atlanta. I dare say Bembry, another rotation player for Atlanta. And so him having to, well, really being thrown out there in those type of situations, and we came up, you know, two points short, three points short, four points short. Great, great learning experience just for him because he hasn't been in those situations. But, you know, now that he's seen them, that's the way you, you can get uh, get that development out of him. So we got a lot of great things out of those two guys. Really excited about what they were able to do and the buzz for both of them um, around the league. And uh, the rest of the guys followed suit. So it was uh, it was really a fun time um, seeing those guys, the work translate to uh, the summer season. Yeah, you mentioned some of the guys like uh, Ben Brian, Torian Prince, and also John Collins over in Atlanta. Uh, these these guys, uh, Check and Quinn and the rest of them, must be hungry 
to, to face other NBA talent. But then you've also got teams like the Denver Nuggets who are sitting everybody because it's, you know, the, the final game of the consolation bracket. And uh, a lot of players will, will spend these, these moments just jacking up shots, trying to fill a stat sheet and, and get noticed. But you got your guys to buy in. They bought in from the start. They bought in all the way through. Uh, you, you just looked comfortable with them. Uh, a lot of these guys you don't even know with the exception of Tupon, Cook and check. You had such a short amount of time, and like you said, you had to make them want to show up, and you did. You 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 earned respect. And how did you do that so quickly? Uh, I just you know the main message at the beginning was that you know guys, this is my first time going through this, so we are in this together. There is no me above you. You're working for an opportunity. I'm working for an opportunity. And the only way we all are going to benefit from it is if we do it together. And so, you know, that was the first um, kind of message or speech I gave them. You know, I gave them a set identity of what I felt we had in the room, as well as what I felt I was about um, and what I would like my team to be about. And so, you know, those guys for the entire them didn't get many minutes. Some of them got short minutes. Some of them didn't get minutes. They, they stood in. They hung in. They were engaged. You know, I made sure I called them uh, multiple times throughout the week to let them know that I was with them. You know, they were a big part of what we were doing. You know, and a lot of it was just show them the praise them for what we put a lot of stuff in at the beginning of the first day, a ton of stuff. And from practice one to like practice three, we had made like a two or three week stride for a normal season, as far as what we looked like the first practice and what we looked like the third practice. And so I made sure I just harped on that. And, you know, it was interesting. We were on the airplane flying to Vegas. Guys were drawing up our sets on the plane, quizzing themselves. Like, I walked back on the plane, and Isaiah Cousins had a notebook out, quizzing himself on the sets and stuff like that. And we can buy in like that. And you, you just got to let them know that you're with them, you trust them. We had a lot of fun in doing that. And so the last day with that Denver game, um, you know, I, I sat Quinn and I sat Check, both of whom had little nagging injuries or whatever. And I let those guys know. I said, look, today is all about your mindset. It's your approach. There's still eyes in the gym and there's still mouths that are going to speak your name or not speak your name and you have a decision you can go out there and say this hasn't gone my way this the whole time or you can do what you've done the entire time and and do the right thing be the professional because these are the situations where guys ex excel and an example of that is Quinn Cook did this last summer last year we played against Quinn last summer league in the last game, just like this. And that's when his name came up on our radar in the final game last year. 
and now he's on our team. And so, you know, Quinn kind of told that story um, in the meeting before the game, and, you know, eyes lit up. You know, it was interesting, the the reaction of the guys. But, um, you know, like I said, we had a bunch of good guys, really good guys that, you know, are about basketball. They aren't about the nonsense. And, you know, fortunately for me, um, you know, the buy-in was tremendous, was tremendous. And so I think we had a ton of success regardless of the record. We got done way more than I even anticipated um, getting done just based off of the groups we've had in the past. And they played hard, and that was my main thing. I was like, listen, we're playing hard and we're playing to win playing hard and we're playing to win and in order to play to win you have to do the right things in order to make sure that you're creating opportunities for yourself and the next the guy next to you forcing the guy next to you to trust you the way you trust him and if we're able to do that then your names will be on a lot of notepads and so they did it and you know here we are so had a great time. Really proud of those guys and uh, how they competed all the way through. Awesome stuff. Uh, really inspiring, too, to, to see not only the message that you gave to these young guys, but the way that they responded. That that final game, uh, I believe Peter Jock had like 14 points in the first half, really showed a, a great performance. Jalen Jones, 21 points in two of the past three games. Obviously, we know you're not in charge of personnel uh, and that you, you have very little uh, to say in that regard, probably. But when you've got these guys and you've got Isaiah Cousins, a former second-round pick, the New Orleans Pelicans fan base is going to be very excited about which of these guys can possibly be contributors, can can surprise and turn heads in, in training camp, uh, potentially as invites. Without playing favorites, um, what's what's one player we might not know that much about who really showed dramatic improvement in the two weeks in Las Vegas? One guy, um, I would say, actually, that there's a couple. One guy, I'd say, is Royce O'Neal, who actually just signed with Utah, the Jazz, um, which is why he didn't play in the last game. And Jalen Jones is the other, who, you know, coming in, I was told he wasn't a shooter really at all. Um, he's just a guy who's going to really play hard for you. That's all I got told. He's going to play hard. And I asked a lot of Jalen the last couple weeks. I really did. Um, and I found myself running a lot of ATOs uh, for Jalen. You know, he came in, he hit shots um, in the mini camp before. I asked him to guard centers. I asked him to guard the four man. I asked him to guard the three. I had him switching on point guards. He ended up being the most vocal leader on our team defensively. Um, didn't say much of a word. He was just about his business the entire time, and he's definitely a guy I would take a look at if it were up to me uh, for a two-way contract or for a training camp invite. I really think that, uh, you know, he's a guy. We had a guy like that similar last year, Dorian Finney-Smith, who's in Dallas. Um, he's just a random three, four, four, three guy who you can throw into a game. Uh, he'll hit a couple shots. He's going to rebound the basketball. He's tough. So he's for me, um, an identity guy. 
a lot like Dante, a lot like Dante Cunningham. Um, and those, those type guys are guys that I really feel you have to have on your roster. And so, um, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. He's just, he's, and he's a, he's a younger guy who's, um, he's a D league all-star, I think, but, um, we'll go, we'll go through anything for you. He'll just look at everything he says. Okay, coach. And so really pleased with him and really proud of him. And, uh, you know, he definitely showed me a lot more than anticipating and from the intel that I was given before um, he came in. Awesome. Let's let's transition over to our roster, guys. Thank you so much for going so in-depth on, on Summer League, and congratulations again. Hopefully you'll just keep rising up and up the ranks now that everybody got a chance to see your performance in Las Vegas. Uh, hopefully the Pelicans don't lose you anytime soon to a promotion in another city. Really uh, ecstatic to have you here. Uh, but let's let's get to our roster, guys. Uh, last year you talked in detail about being assigned to guys like Buddy, Tim Frazier, Dante Solo, and Drew Holiday. Who do you think you'll be primarily assigned to this year? And what do you think you'll work on with those four players specifically? Yeah, I'm sure Quinn will be a guy that I'll continue to have um, throughout the year that I have now. Drew is another guy that I anticipate that I'll have. Uh, Frank coming in will be a guy that I've already spent a little time with. Obviously, he was around the summer league team. And uh, so when his foot is all better, then we'll, uh, we'll be able to get to work. Possibly Darius. Uh, I had Darius in, in the past, and uh, it'll be cool to have him back. Really, uh, really missed him, and but proud of that he was able to go across the water and uh, really expand his game and, uh, you know, create some a confidence level to where he can do a lot of the floor. Um, at some point or another, I will see everybody. Uh, it's just the way it is. And I'm a utility guy in that way. I'm, I'm all over the map. Um, depending on who else we bring in here, uh, whether it's a, a shooter of some sort or whatever, um, uh, Jordan Crawford's another guy that I'll see a lot this year. And I've seen this summer, times this summer, um, I think Rondo is a guy that I will be around a lot just um, and getting really picking his brain and, and getting his, his thoughts on everything and hit a feel for how he operates coming from uh, his winning background and winning culture and how he can establish himself here, I think will be a, a great learning experience for me um, and how to implement some of the stuff that he's been able to do throughout his career into the guys here. But um, I guess I'll start with Drew, and, you know, he's got to relearn the game again now just because of Rondo coming. I think he'll be uh, in a much more comfortable situation just off the ball, sometimes on the ball, uh, being able to pick his spots depending on the set and not having to think – the game as much as he did last year with the transition with Demarcus coming and being able to get those two horses the ball um, and in the high post or the low post or whatever it may be. So um, really just fine tuning his off his IQ off the ball, um, you know, screening, cutting, getting being efficient off the bounce, uh, depending on what the, the set is, if it's a wide pin down, 
um, all the footwork stuff that comes with that, the catch, curl, and go, uh, the fade type stuff, off the bounce type stuff, um, getting into the paint, his touch floaters and stuff like that. So he'll uh, his package will be a little bit different than than it has in the past when the ball is predominantly in his hands. Um, you know, I think Darius is a guy who's like a DHO player. Um, just coming off making those reads, the, the IQ situations of those playing out of the corner and uh, corner splits. So back cutting, reading back cutting situations, reading curl situations. Um, obviously, the corner three is going to be a huge, huge deal for him and Solomon Hill. Um, so both of those guys will be in my camp in the corner, shooting thousands of corner threes and, uh, you know, playing along the baseline. I think that's that's a place where those two guys can uh, can operate. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what uh, coach comes up with as far as the spacing for that. But, um, you know, those guys won't necessarily be doing as much ball screen stuff as like a Drew or a Quinn. It'd be more out of the DHO scenarios or quick swing, catch and go. Um, you know, like I mentioned with Rondo, it's more about the mental aspect of things. You know, if we're hanging out with him and and talking to him, you know, he's pretty much, he is who he is at this point. He's solidified in his, in his, uh, in his game and his skill set. Um, shooting is, something that I'm sure he's gotten better at over time and we continue to improve, um, you know, different mid-range shots coming off threes from around the top key area ish, not so much the corners. And I dare say he'll play from uh, break to break on the three point line and stuff like that. So, um, and then also finishing, you know, he's a great, great finisher. He's got a lot of stuff down there with the spins and the underhands and the, the hooks and all that kind of stuff. So really just playing with that stuff a lot um, and learning from him in, in that regard with his routines and stuff like that. Um, Solomon Hill is a guy who really improved his shooting throughout the course of the season. I think the season was kind of uh, – it didn't really – represent who he really is as a shooter, mainly because he was trying to figure it out. He went from a very minimal role player to a starting big time media, you know, leader type player all in one summer. And so, you know, it was a lot for him coming in. He was thinking too much. He was trying to do all the right things, say all the right things and, you know, give this presence that he didn't really, uh, wasn't really accustomed to. And I, I think he, over the course of the year, figured out how to be that guy. And so his game will be a lot different this year. I think it'll be a lot better. I'm excited for him. And he's been working ridiculously hard the last two months, actually, um, out in L.A. And so, um, you know, with him, it's not necessarily it's the shooting and all that stuff, but it's when to pick your moments. You know, I think he got kind of excited there a lot of possessions where he'd just take off and try to make something out of nothing where it's just, you know, understanding where 
and that comes with film work, understanding where those opportunities are going to come. So the attempts that he's taking aren't bad attempts, and that means his numbers will go up. And so um, Quinn is a guy who will just will just keep rolling. We've been into the season throughout this summer. Um, you know, with him, the game management thing, I talked about that a lot during summer league. That's hard to simulate in one-on-one workouts and stuff like that. But uh, his deal is really just being solid, you know, being able to create the space like he was in summer league. And uh, some of the footwork things that we worked on, he was able to, to accomplish in competition play. And so just getting his different footwork coming off ball screens, um, getting into shots different ways, um, having a variety of different shots in the paint area-ish kind of, you know, floaters, one-leg jump shots, um, and then his finishing package as well, which I think he did a good job when we were out there. And so, um, you know, it's uh, it's a lot of legwork for me. And it's a lot of um, clips that I'll be watching and film edits I'll be putting together and I've actually already started that process yesterday, actually, um, for these guys and, you know, trying to put together my vision for them as I see it um, right now. Obviously, it changes as training camp goes along and I learn more about what we're doing and trying to get into the flow of things. But really excited to get back with these guys. I'll see a couple of them here, like I mentioned, like next week or in the next two weeks for sure. And uh, I think it'll be a good year. I, I really do. I'm I'm really excited about the group as it stands so far. Hopefully we'll add some more help here um, in the coming days. But, um, you know, I think it's a really exciting time in Pelican land for, for all of us. So we'll see how it goes. Okay. I won't, I won't, uh, that was a really wonderful explanation. Uh, so in depth and so much detail. Thank you so much for giving us a, a view behind the curtain. Uh, just to quickly touch on, on personalities, uh, you mentioned that Rajon Rondo is who he is. DeMarcus Cousins is infamous for, you know, really challenging intelligent people over in Sacramento. You've got dynamic personalities all around you. You mentioned previously how Drew Holiday, you, you can't teach him too much initially because it can possibly overwhelm him. Uh, basketball acumen aside, you obviously study uh, in great detail. You barely sleep, as you've mentioned. But so much of this, so much of connecting with these players is is personality. It's your personality and having to be a chameleon as to how to interact with each of these guys. How difficult is it not just teaching these guys basketball, which obviously you can do having your father as a, as a wonderful mentor in that regard, but how difficult is it changing your personality and, and figuring out how to get through to each player in a language that they prefer? Yeah, I think that's uh, really the majority of my job really is a glorified shrink if you will if you will um you know there's many nights where i'm on the phone till two and three in the morning uh, listening to guys then about their their situations or um their confusions or their you know their whatevers and i think i think and there's a lot of times in the morning we'll come in and we'll have a you know a 20 30 minute player development session and I'll just, we'll just talk. It will be no basketball to speak of. It'll be pre-practice and I just listen to them, you know, and in doing that, you, you find that 
a there's a trust built between you and the guys because you it's you filter all of it out like none of it goes back to coach on occasion if it's something major that I mean really major then I'll take it to Alvin or Dell if if it's something that's a big big deal um you know but the thing is if you sit there and you listen and and that's the biggest thing you just listen and you are able to them in a way where you actually help them understand the situation or look at it in a different way that maybe they didn't see it in that way or challenge them to try it in a different way and it works, then you establish yourself with an extreme amount of credibility. And so, you know, these guys tell me a lot of stuff they probably shouldn't. but, you know, it, it's cool. There's a lot of time. We'll just talk about music. You know, we'll just talk about what fashion. These guys are all into this fashion stuff. You know, Anthony Davis got a clothing line and all that kind of stuff. You know, they're, they're, they're people. They're, they're people who really have a high price tag on them, but they have the same issues as everybody else. They really do. And so if you're able to kind of connect with them off the court and, you know, show that you're interested or – show that you understand kind of the situation that they're dealing with off the floor that may be contributing to their performance on the floor, um, as well as doing the basketball stuff or helping them in certain situations on the court, um, then you're headed in the right direction with them. Now, it is tough. It's really tough with, you know, 15 different players, uh, seven or eight different coaching coaches, who are also doing the exact same thing. You know, they come and they vent a lot or ask for this or ask for that. Um, It's really, it's a gratifying feeling, you know, for me that people trust me that much to come to me in certain situations or call me and just want to hear what I have to say, or, you know, just ask a question, you know, dealt this past season with a guy and a, you know, a girl and, you know, his kid situation, you know, like stuff like that has nothing to do with basketball. But if you're able to see it or, you know, ask good questions and make them think in a different way, challenge them in a different way. And, uh, and then I don't try to be the, the head coach when I'm, that's the main thing. I know where I am on the totem pole here. I know where I stand. I'm not trying to be some authority guy or, you know, just because you're summer league head coach. Now you think you're like this, that, and that. No, no. I'm an assistant coach here and you can come to me with anything. We're going to talk about it. We're going to laugh about it. You know, at times there'll be during the game where I'll challenge you, you know, during the timeout like Drew Holiday in his turnover situation um, last season. Um, you know, but there are a lot of times on the bench, we'll just have conversations on the bench. Just what do you see? You know, what are you, what are you, what are you thinking? What are you seeing? What's the issue? And they can, they take stuff or bring stuff to me and have me go to the coaching staff about it because they don't feel the same way with those guys. So I really value that part of my job. That's probably – Going back to the beginning of this conversation, that's probably the number one thing that uh, really has kept me in this 
is being able to see those guys grow in different ways, see them go to other organizations. And then when you play against them, they come back and be like, man, I miss you or whatever. That sort of thing. That's more about, you know, why I've been around or stick around and, and really love this job and what I do. And so, um, we'll see if I can, uh, connect with DeMarcus here and we can become besties this upcoming <laughs> season. Uh, he, uh, he's been a good guy. He, he really has. We, we talked a couple times, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with him and, uh, we'll get Rondo in here and, you know, we'll figure it out. But that's, that's another part of the job that you just got to, uh, just got to figure out, take day by day and, you know, really just hold that trust. Once you, once you have it, you got to really nurture it and, and keep it going. So, uh, really looking forward to this group this year. You're obviously a basketball junkie. Uh, can't, can't step away from the film room, but you continually mention relationships and how important they are to you on and off the court. You've also emphasized continuity as uh, as, as something integral in a player's development. Uh, you mentioned how the, the Spurs can play blindfolded. Now, with everything changing all around these Pelicans, a lot of the guys you mentioned are brand new to the team. You've got Chris Finch. You've got Sam Mitchell. You are kind of one of the greatest faces of continuity with the Pelicans, and that's only going to strengthen the relationships that you have with these guys and with the guys in the office. Tell me... Do you have any ambition to take it to the next level? Do you do you feel uh, prepared to 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 become a, an NBA head coach, or are you just really enjoying this behind the scenes, taking care of these guys, and really strengthening uh, their development and your relationship with them? Yeah, it's uh, you know now that I did the summer league head coaching deal, it's a lot of stuff that I thought I knew and I did know and then I didn't know which is going to be the case um but again understanding where I am I've been treated phenomenal by this place and you know really one of the the lone rangers here that's been around for a while um you know head coaching is something now that I I definitely feel I would love to do. Um, I'm not, I do know that I'm going to take the process day by day and really build on what I just experienced there. Like, you know, yesterday I made sure I went, I hit up everybody. What was the good? What was the bad? I need to hear both of it. Um, I need all of it. Just tell me, you know, guys in the front office, our video guys, our ball boys, you know, I asked everybody to just give me the honest, I need the honest, you know, cause I was driving myself crazy about it. And so, um, you know, taking all that information and just kind of sifting through it and thinking about what, how I felt in certain situations and that sort of deal, um, you know, is, is tremendous strides for me going forward. You know, being here and being with these guys, like you mentioned, the continuity thing, you know, that is a big part of why I'm able to do all the stuff I just talked about with the trust stuff. And with some of these players, you know, and, and it's tough for our guys to, you know, adjust on the fly. I think the biggest indication of that was Drew Holiday after the trade deadline and him trying to figure the game out and relearn the game. And, uh, you know, he was he was a little messed up there for a while and finally was able to just 
we got out of, we got him out of his head and you know he finished the season off decently well and he's going to be better but you know with new guys coming in here and relearning the game it is tough it's, it's a transition period that uh you know we're we're prepared for we're, we expect and you know we understand um but you know, as, as it goes, I'm just enjoying this thing day by day, man, doing interviews like this, um, talking to fans on Twitter or whatever it may be, or email or LinkedIn or whatever it is, just trying to add value any way I can um, around the office as well as in the community. And, you know, with all you people and the people who are behind us and have our backs and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, hopefully – that was the first opportunity of many. Um, it was a tr- an extreme opportunity that I can't thank Alvin enough for uh, putting me in the head seat there. And so we'll see where it goes and how it translates. Um, hopefully the job was appreciated or it was, it was done well enough for people to have a positive outlook or image of me and my work and what our guys were able to accomplish. And so moving forward, um, just being mindful of the people who are around, the people who helped me get that opportunity. And uh, we'll see how it translates for me in the future. Um, but I'm looking forward to uh, seeing all that can uh, come of this season and try to get these guys on the same page. I've already taken up so much of your time. Thank you so much again. You have been more than generous to us. Before I let you go, I know that you love movies. I know you went to school for screenwriting. You've also uh, become a self-taught web designer, but I, I want to I wanna concentrate on movies. I'm a big summer movie buff. I know how hard you're working with these guys, but do you ever get a chance to go to the cinemas this summer? And what movie are you most looking forward to seeing? I have seen a couple movies this summer so far. The best one I saw was wonder woman. I know that sounds, sounds weird. Uh, wonder woman was good. Dunkirk is a movie that I really want to see. Um, as well as the new planet of the apes movie. Those are, those are kind of my two that I, that I got to go check out. But uh, wonder woman was, a, that was big time. Awesome stuff. Wonder Woman was fantastic. I saw Spider-Man. Dunkirk is a Christopher Nolan movie, the guy behind the Batman movies and Memento. He's got a, and the prestige. He's got a fantastic uh, resume. So it'll definitely be one to look forward to. Jamel, thank you so much for your time yet again. Uh, we wish you the best. We love you over at the Bird Rice. We're such big fans. We were so excited to see how successful you were in Summer League and see the guys really respond. You got a lot of great press. We want to continue to wish you the best, and we hope to have you back on soon. Hey, thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks to the fans, um, everybody who reached out. Thanks to all of you guys. You know, ever since we've connected this past season, um, you guys have been phenomenal. Anytime, anytime you guys want to have me, I'm, I'm more than willing to do it. Um, I really love doing it. Thank you so much. Wonderful job, and we will talk to you soon. All right. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thank you so much again to Jamel McMillan. You guys can follow him at Jamel Mack. Now, I just want to take a quick moment to thank our editor, Ali Cassell, for for putting together this interview. Thank you so much. Thank you to the guys from the Bird Rights for some of their excellent input and uh, contributions to this pod. And uh, most of all, thank you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in each and every time. We greatly appreciate your support. And we hope you'll come back and join us soon. Now, I'm probably going to take this week off, so make sure you subscribe, 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 iTunes, Stitcher, tune in so you'll know exactly when the next pod is available. 
And be sure to swing on by thebirdrights.com for all the latest in Pelicans news and analysis. Ali has got some great stuff up there right now, as well as the rest of our guys. But for now, let's go Pels! And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right. Save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Geico presents Yikes! Another voicemail from your roommate. Sup, roomie? Hey, a pipe burst in the basement. It's completely flooded. Anyway, I called for someone to fix it, but in the meantime, I was thinking we could finally have that indoor pool party we've always wanted. I got some cool swan floaty things already going. Could you pick up some chips on your way home? Later. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected. Like if your roommate isn't the brightest pool float in the flooded basement. Visit GEICO.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance.